concerned. But yeah, does my life have meaning? What, does anybody care that I'm here? <laughs> like, not in a depressed way, but just say, when my time's done, what, then what does that have meant? Welcome to the Level Up Growth Podcast, the podcast where you can learn ways to take your personal development and growth a step further so that you can be the person you want to be and have the life you want to have. I'm Grace, a naturopathic doctor. And I'm Kelsey, a registered clinical counselor. We've both been on and continue to be on our own personal growth journeys. And on this show, we'll explore a range of topics that we can all use to level up our minds, bodies, emotions, and spirit. So let's get started on today's episode. Welcome back to the Level Up Growth Podcast. As always, it's Grace and Kelsey here. And it's funny because every time we, I guess before recording, we always are like, what are we going to talk about? And then we'll kind of toss out an idea and just <laughs> and neither of us are prepared. We just say, yeah, I guess we'll just talk about that. Even though like to, for today, I feel like I don't have much to say, but maybe I will. <laughs> Usually as we get talking, we have more to say, right? <laughs> Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I also want to apologize to all everybody in advance that I am at one of the clinics that I work at as we record, and I did not bring headphones with me, and so you might be able to hear background noise from other clinicians and patients in the halls and other rooms and music and all that. So, <laughs> whoops. That's okay. Everyone's used to it because I only have my microphone sometimes, so <laughs> it sounds like I'm in a shoebox. <laughs> but yes, today, everyone, just kind of piggybacking off of what we were talking about last time regards to labels. I think at the end of that episode, we kind of <laughs> tan- went on the tangent about other things. And one of those things was about existentialism or kind of existential crisis or existential anxiety. So that's what we're going to be chatting about today. Because it's definitely something that I have experienced, although. I feel like it's always underlying for me, like constant experiencing it. (laughs) Okay. It's so interesting because the idea of existential, if you want to think of them as fears or givens or anxieties, like that's, Mm. it's, there's four of them that are kind of like underlying for humans. Mm -hmm, It's like mm -hmm. like the theory behind existentialism, right? Everybody has these things. And then I always love when people say that they are having an existential crisis. It's just so interesting to me. Like, like, this is fascinating. Tell me more. And I'm going to be like, Mm -hmm. like, why are you having an existential crisis? Tell me all about this. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So then what are the four main concepts at the root of existentialism? Yeah. So, I mean, there are lots of... First of all, there are lots of existential theorists. And so this is like very broad, but there is a couple like that were psychotherapists that I really like. So one is Irvin Yalom. And so he's got the four ultimate concerns of life or givens or anxieties, however you want to look at it, as death or non-being, freedom, isolation, and meaninglessness. Hmm. I, okay, I knew that death was one of them for that theory. Is existentialism related to phenomenology? I think so. I haven't done, like, like, I did a bunch of reading on this when I was doing my master's degree. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, I guess, do you, 
kind of resonate with any of those four, Kelsey, more than one or? I mean, I, I personally don't really have too much of a fear of death. Like, mm-hmm. and, and like some people really, really do. So, you know, this is not to, to say this, not, and this is a normal fear, but like we die. <laughs> people we love die. Mm-hmm. Die. I like I don't know for me it's like I obviously would rather it happen way later when I'm really really old but if it happened tomorrow then I guess like that's that's it right and I also mm-hmm. understand that that really really freaks people out <laughs> when you say mm-hmm. that well. and I would say like freedom because I have freedom it's not really a concern for me isolation can be I tend to be I'm someone who can get a bit depressed if I'm isolated too long or if I'm not with at least one other human like uh-huh. um, preferably a few others but so that's one that can kind of creep in sometimes for me and meaninglessness can sometimes creep in if I if I feel like I'm not doing anything that's meaning making or like values based kind of the uh-huh. other way of doing that uh-huh. so it comes up for you I mean I definitely so the death one is funny because there's that one philosopher Kierkegaard mm. uh, who spoke a lot about death and I think one of one of his many like <laughs> one of his many theories was that everything we do is run th- by a motivation of trying to avoid death or trying to avoid like feeling that way and it's all like fear based mm. but yeah and I I used to be kind of like into that stuff and I was thinking I don't know would would I am I scared of that and I don't feel like that but in the same way that I don't really know what I would do if I was you know dying would I you know suddenly find religion or what now like I don't know right in the same way it's so funny my friend has asked me this question a few times because she watches all these survival documentaries where it's like these people were stranded and they ended up eating each other and then she would be like would you ever eat someone and I was like I think yeah because I would be so desperate right it's like almost physiological (laughs) anyways things like that I so it's hard for me to imagine if I if that is something um but yeah like you I I feel like death is inevitable we die and that's okay yeah it's you just said about like like how our brain like Kierkegaard saying our brains like want basically want to keep us alive which is like so true when we think about like just anxiety in general and oops we've mm-hmm. talked about this before right like that that caveman mind like we're just anything that is a potential threat to life we have to mm-hmm. like fight or flight right mm-hmm. and so I mean I think there is a biological basis or evolutionary basis to this whole idea of like death being a fear for people if, if, uh-huh. if it's always trying to keep us alive right yeah I definitely yeah I think that's perfectly fair and that's why I'm like I don't maybe I probably am scared like on a subconscious level but I just it doesn't occupy my thoughts or I don't knowingly at least think about it in the ways that informs my actions but one of those the meaningfulness and the meaninglessness of life I do think about a fair amount <laughs> And not so much where it causes me distress that affects my daily life, more that I, it comes in waves, like, and I don't think there are triggers, like people be like, oh, it happens like when you lose a job, or you, you know, you just like, someone around you dies, and you question like what you're doing. Not like that. I've always thought about like, what's the point of anything since I was really young? (laughs) And maybe it's just because I 
and but then I at the same time I think I like do find things meaningful mm-hmm. like work is meaningful because it impacts lives positively I think other things like learning new skills is like really meaningful and brings me a lot of joy and lots of like different emotions through life but at the same time the overarching but but what is it all for right <laughs> even though I know well it doesn't have to be for anything <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah okay yeah so that is definitely one where I'm like well, yeah that's like a big theme in my life yeah okay yeah like mm-hmm. it's like like yeah talk a little bit more about each of these separately so we kind of we're talking about death and I think I think the death one seem in like what I've seen it comes up for people a lot when they're someone they love is dying or has died, right? Mm-hmm. Then it's suddenly like about n- not even necessarily death for you being bad, but just like death in general being bad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or it's I think it because I see it in my parents now because mm-hmm. my dad has actually spoken a lot about colleagues of his that have retired then passed away from cancer most notably cancer and I can like kind of hear it in his undertones that he's worried about like his time running out right and like the finiteness of everything and obviously it's more more immediate to him because he has colleagues that have like that are around his age you know getting things that he might or have has a fair chance of getting as well yeah yeah, well, I think that makes sense, especially as people age, for that to kind of be something that they think about a lot more. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, people can think about this at any age. It's just, like, yeah, I think I feel like as we get older, older, or as our parents get older, we might think about it more. I definitely have more worries about, you know, my dad's in his 80s and like, mm-hmm. have forever left. And so there is more of that, oh, I don't want anything to happen, but I know it's going to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And meaning, like, do you find meaninglessness in lots of aspects of your life or do you think about that at all Kelsey yeah so I think yeah let's uh, talk about meaninglessness next I guess because that is pretty common for both of us but I think just in general I think I like you I find a lot of meaning making through work right I, I can positively impact people's lives and help them make changes that are positive it's great um I I think that there is always this like concern but yeah does my life have meaning what does anybody care that I'm here? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Not in a depressive way, but just when my time's done, what then what does that have meant? Right? Or like Mm -hmm. something occurred to me because I was very creative and I really wanted to work in film and I and I did work in film. I made a web series and worked in some other people's films and stuff like that. Um and it's so interesting. My my writing partner reached out to me about a month ago and he's like I have this great idea for something we can work on together mm-hmm. starting in October because he's got like four months off of work. He's like, so I was like, okay, super cool. And he's like, yeah, and I really want us to be able to raise funds and film this. And he's got a location that he can get for free for it. And I can feel myself getting really excited because for me, there's like a lot of meaning making in doing this kind of creative thing and creating something that like other people can access forever, theoretically, right? And so, yeah, I think that's where like when I'm not doing those things, like those values-based creative things then I do have a little bit more meaninglessness I guess Mm -hmm. yeah I think like I guess I struggle the most with so you can have the values and do actions that kind of are in alignment with those values and at the same time I'm thinking but for what (laughs) 
so what? <laughs> like, what's the, why have values? It's not lasting, right? It's also temporary. And that's not bad. It just, I guess it is, like, everything's finite. So, yeah, you saying that you also find meaning in things and, like, film as well, that creative aspect, that's something very meaningful to you. I don't know if, yeah, meaningfulness of actions, does it translate to a purposeful life? Hmm. I mean, I guess it really depends on how you think of it. So I think the overlap with this is when we're talking about labels, and then we start talking about identity. And it's like, oh, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> too much into certain identities. Then if things were taken from us, then we like we lose meaning. Right. And so I see this a lot for um, clients I work with that have chronic illness. Right. And so suddenly they, they can't work or they, you know, their relationships change or they can't do the yeah. activities that they used to do right and so suddenly there is like so much meaninglessness to their lives like like why am I even here kind of thing mm-hmm. so um and a lot of it is like hey well how do we then make more meaning right we, without tying things into identity mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah how do we make more meaning without tying things into identity but then it's it's still like <laughs> what's the point of making meaning <laughs> well okay and it like, depends like, some people who are really religious for example like yes it that it all ends up with the afterlife right and so like the meaning making is really in like the point of life or the meaning of life is to get into heaven let's say or whatever people's beliefs are right yeah right? very purposeful you're like i want to go to heaven not hell Right, exactly. I think maybe for like atheists and agnostics, a little different, not not mm-hmm. as clear. So like for me, it just, yeah, I don't know. Again, this is something I kind of struggle with sometimes, but have I, I guess, done my best to be the person that I want to be in this life or leave an impact at least on some people, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It also really reminds me of the work by Viktor Frankl, which we've mentioned in a past episode as well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so Viktor Frankl came up with logotherapy, but he started think- t- thinking a lot about meaning when he was in a concentration camp during World War II. Mm-hmm. So he and his family all went. He was the only survivor of his family, right? Everybody else died. And it's, if anybody's read The Man's Search for Meaning, it's a fabulous, fascinating book. Mm-hmm. It's super depressing because he talks about his experiences in mm-hmm. the camps, which are obviously awful and tragic but also he talks and what really importantly in the whole purpose of the book is he also talks about things that helped him find meaning so mm-hmm. that he could at least mentally keep going right talked about a lot how when people gave up in the camps they were more susceptible to die of things just like starvation or right like obviously people who were sent there's an element of luck he talks about right like you were either in the line for the gas chambers or you weren't all right but beyond that the people who kept having like i guess good luck that's not even really the right term mm-hmm. but like, you know better luck i guess the ones who survived were the ones who could find meaning or keep themselves strong mentally like he mm-hmm. did that for like finding meaning in things like watching a sunset right or mm-hmm sharing his ration with somebody or you know like there are ways to to find a lot of meaning in in certain types of actions or tasks I guess Mm -hmm. yeah I agree it's if you yeah he'll he was saying like if you create a work or you love someone it 
does provide meaning so that you can psychologically better handle stressors because if nothing matters it's much harder to get through anything yeah but I definitely adopt the attitude of where I'm like nothing matters <laughs> so but then I, I don't feel this is not a counseling session I don't feel anxious or sad about my life day to day I guess I just it's underlying but I still continue with emotions and they they do supply meaning yeah anyways yeah I think we're just <laughs> it, 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 obviously these things are affecting your day-to-day life mm-hmm. that is where going to counseling or something would be helpful right like for some people like for yourself grace you're like yeah oh, it doesn't really affect my my day-to-day if I'm like oh there's no meaning in anything versus some people it really does mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think it's normal to have those feelings. Yeah. Like just realizing it, as long as it's not debilitating. Yeah. Right? Totally. Yeah, like everyone has moments where you feel like life is so overwhelming and why am I doing, why, why am I so stressed out for nothing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also want to put like a really easy, well, maybe not easy way, but like a really good way for people to make meaning, and there's tons of research behind this, is volunteering. So volunteering in a soup kitchen or at a hospital or like, I don't know anything like at a pet shelter that is like one of the best ways to give your life meaning if you feel like it's lacking mm-hmm. I've done a bunch of volunteering before I volunteered for sick kids hospital in Toronto and it was I mean that was incredible it was incredibly hard sometimes because you're with all these little kids that are quite mm-hmm. ill but at the same time it, I found a lot of meaning making in that and then and then I volunteered for kids help phone when when I was doing my my master's so I was like helping crisis response Hmm. definitely I I think as well like in my experiences volunteering it feels really good in the moment when I'm not volunteering <laughs> it's gone like that feeling is gone <laughs> mm-hmm. so it's, it's fleeting at least for me yeah and uh, that's like individualism in all this right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah what's the third one so yeah the last two are freedom and isolation so maybe let's talk about isolation next Hmm. I mean, I guess isolation is pretty notable because of COVID and everyone, even though that's now, I guess, one year ago, maybe two, I lots of people are getting COVID again now. But obviously, the rules are the rules for public health are a bit different. But I that isolation period from 2020 for that year and a bit really affected people. And I think it still affects people, their mental health in a lot of ways, especially with people working from home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so too. I think isolation is a, a really tough one. And that was, it was really drawn out during the pandemic. Yeah. And, I, and like I said earlier, that's one that I definitely will struggle with if I'm, I need to have people around. Not all the time, mm-hmm. but like, I just need to be able to access, access people, I guess. Right. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's funny because you can still feel not funny. You can feel isolated even if you're surrounded by people too, right? If you're just mm-hmm. making these not, not, I don't use the word meaningful, but these more superficial connections, you can still feel completely isolated, even though you're going to all these social events and whatnot. So totally. We need some deep connections. We can have some peripheral ones, but we do need some deep ones as well. Um, yeah. Where you feel like heard and kind of seen for what you're saying, rather than just going through the motions of, making small talk which is also important small talk is super important mm-hmm, totally and it's interesting because i often it's kind of the the idea of extroverts and introverts but i often hear people who are more introverted saying like i don't need to talk to people like ever and the truth mm-hmm. is that's that's not really true because we are a, a social 
animal. We are like, this is, we were literally, our brains evolved to be social. So you may not need maybe as much as other people, but like you literally, I would say very few people in this world could live in a cabin in a woods and not talk to anybody ever and be like Mm -hmm. healthy physically and mentally. Yeah. And like keep, yeah. I don't know if anyone's a fan of the show alone, but it's, have you heard of it, Kelsey? Okay. So it's, it's like a show where it's like Survivor, but they they drop contestants off in kind of remote places or places that are difficult to survive. So one of those places is the northern side of Vancouver Island. That's like really, but also like Patagonia or Malaysia, like different areas. But the Vancouver Island one is funny because it's so wet here. Um, and they'll drop them off and then they have a camera. They record themselves and it, they just try to survive. So mm-hmm. they're completely alone. And much of the time, not all the time, People will drop out because they just can't handle being alone. It's such a um, challenge, like the quietness. um, Yeah, like no social support. It's really challenging and they'll just go nuts. (laughs) Uh, Very interesting. Yeah, see, uh, it it is challenging to to be that isolated, right? Mm -hmm. You literally only have yourself. So and it's it's really interesting to see. yeah, I just didn't, I knew that would be part of the contest, I guess you could say, but it's definitely a fair proportion that yeah. we because of that, mm-hmm. rather than like I'm starving or, you know, other things. It's more like right. that mental aspect. Yeah. Yeah. And you, yeah, thinking about you'd think it would be the biological things, but we actually mm-hmm. need the mental things as much, if not more, it sounds like, at least in this example. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, obviously the way to, to, I guess, challenge isolation is to talk to people, ha- make, try to cultivate some like deeper relationships, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And even if you, if someone feels like they don't like talking to people, it could just be chatting in the elevator as you're going to your apartment, if you live in an apartment. Or just like chatting with someone when you walk your pet, things like that, right? Very briefly will probably increase happiness. Yeah, totally. Uh, and then the the last one is freedom. And freedom is specifically freedom to make decisions for yourself. Oh, you know how I feel about free will. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have it. So I don't know if I'm into that one. But, <laughs> but yeah, like autonomy, right? Yeah. As far as we know. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that is important to feel like you have con- a sense of control. Hmm. Yeah. Or at least like, you know, you can make decisions that are important for life, like what you do for work, right? Versus, mm-hmm. people who, you know, maybe people please a lot and like will only do what other people tell them to do versus like actually making decisions for yourself, which gives a lot more well, meaning to life, but also happiness. And, and the, and the idea is it's there are people in the world who don't get to, who don't get to make those decisions for themselves. Right. And so mm-hmm. like that, it can be really concerned to have that taken away or, or just not have that at all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting because this is kind of reminiscent, I guess. And I don't actually know that much about this, but people can be really into things like angel numbers or kind of like that, that aspect of fate. And I just, and it can feel, or just use language that implies that that is something like your 
future is predetermined by certain roots is like what I see fate as. And clearly I'm not a fan, but I'm just like, doesn't that feel so limiting? So <laughs> the opposite of freedom because you're born and you have a fate. And I'm like, how do you subscribe to this? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I don't know, even know how I feel about that. I, I kind of agree. <laughs> like maybe, maybe there's just fate and that's just going to happen. But like, then there is the idea of like, well, then we don't have, it doesn't matter what we do. We don't have free will really. Right. Like, yeah. Like, I'd rather think that every choice I make affects what happens next. Butterfly effect. Right. Also. Right. Yeah. Change something, everything else would change. So then, then there wouldn't be fate. I don't know. It's very interesting. It is interesting. Or like, I don't know. There's a word for this. It's if you see something, let's say like, it's not serendipity it's like when you see when you make connections between small events and you like look for meaning behind that an example would be oh my gosh like you were thinking you can't remember a phone number and you just miss the last three numbers and you see a license plate and it has the numbers and triggers your memory and then you're like wow that was some higher power showing me the way and Wow, that's definitely not freedom, actually. I don't know how I got on this tangent. Never mind. <laughs> like, I was like, wait, that's not fate or freedom. But like... it's interesting. <laughs> it is interesting. There's a word for it where it's like you see that you have events and you create meaning and try to link them, like, specifically. Yeah. And it's, it's like something that people will do. And it just bothers me. <laughs> it's all I'll say about it. Oh, my God. Hilarious. Yeah. Um... Okay, so I guess thinking about the the four existential concerns in general, I'm curious, how do you think that it's kind of helpful for personal growth? Or do you? The four existential, those four, I don't know if I think that they're helpful for personal growth, aside from the fact that maybe if you, like understanding that if you're having, quote unquote, a crisis, that's normal, and it can prompt a time for reflection on your values so that you can find more meaning like that's something nice and also if you know those kind of four aspects of it you could try to perhaps remediate those things if you know that loneliness does affect your mental health you can take action and try to resolve that but otherwise like I don't have a bunch of ideas about it what do you think yeah, so I, I was just reading some journal articles and stuff about it and, and opinion pieces and stuff. And it's kind of the idea that having anxiety about these can lead you towards, I guess, that kind of what you're saying, like actionable steps, right, to resolve. Mm. These. Mm-hmm. And obviously we can't resolve death, but if there is, if you kind of have to accept that part, right? So just kind of mm. working on acceptance of death or not being or the things end right yeah figuring out your values trying to live by those for for meaning or doing things like volunteering perhaps mm-hmm. or yeah making new friends or deeper connections to combat isolation right like stepping out of your comfort zone i think a lot of this is right being more authentic mm-hmm. and autonomous right i think a lot of, i think we're i think this is how i got there this, it ties into personal growth because we have to sometimes do something different than what we're doing mm-hmm. in order to not have these not, not that we're not going to have them, but like, so that they aren't like a crisis for us. It's just, yeah, it's a thing that we think about, but we are also doing things to live a good life. And the more we're doing things to live a good life, the less likely we're going to fixate on these or ruminate about them or worry about them all the time. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's true. And I, I guess going back to labels, if you label yourself as quote unquote an introvert, then that may be limiting you and keeping you lonely because you think that you don't need connection, but you actually do. Uh -huh, totally. Yeah. I like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't remember what I said last time, but I'm kind of into labels, not as fixed things, but yeah, just as like brief identity makers that you can peel on and off like stickers. I like that way of thinking, right? Right. Is, is Yeah. Right. And again, this being that tricky thing of we don't want to over identify with things because mm -hmm. almost anything can change or pass. Right. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And I guess these being what we're talking about today for things that don't really change or pass for people, but like don't also don't have to preoccupy your mind. Yeah. So don't have to preoccupy and then take away from your current experiences. Right. Like take you away from being in the present. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And in some ways, doing some of the things that we like I, we were just talking about can help improve your present moment experience mm -hmm. and everyone because I was just talking about how the meaninglessness of everything I was told <laughs> by my counselor that perhaps the remediation for that for me is to be more present essentially because I am like I do think a lot about the finiteness of everything and I don't, I don't consciously think it takes away from, like, I'm experiencing joy right now. Wow, I'm already thinking about when it's going to end. Not quite so, like, black and white like that. But I definitely am conscious of how, like, okay, I positively affected this person's life. Okay, but then, like, we all die. So I will die. And then this person that I positively affected will also die. And then it all goes for nothing. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then my was like, just stay in the moment. <laughs> and, like, don't think about those things. Because they're not really that helpful and they might also might not be true, right? Yeah. You have no idea that butterfly effect, like how it can affect people. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Like, okay, so like theme of the episodes, be present. <laughs> be present. Yeah. The theme is be present, which yeah. people already know, right? But it's like feeling your weight on the chair, like very simple things like that to bring you back to being present. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Anything else to add? No, I think that's all on my end, but I would love to hear if anyone else feels like that, how I feel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I also don't really have anything else to add, but I, I think it would be really interesting to hear what people think about these four existential givens, if anybody else struggles with them or yeah. Anybody's opinions on, on this topic would be very interesting. Yeah. Or if like fear of death, which I've always kind of been interested in if that's like really prevalent in someone's life like speak mm. up <laughs> so interesting all right everybody thanks so much for tuning in this week we will be back next week bye everyone thank you so much again for listening to today's episode make sure to connect with us on social media with your takeaways from the show any questions you may have and let us know what topics you're interested in your support means so much to us, so please subscribe to the show, rate, and review if you enjoy it. We'll talk to you next week on Level Up Growth.